Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. <laughs> And we are off on a football Friday. Good morning, everyone. It is the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Coming up on this football Friday, what happened last night in Buffalo with the Bills welcoming the Buccaneers. More football headed your way in just 20 minutes with our look at the top games of both the NFL and the college ranks. Of course, we have not forgotten about baseball. Game one of the World Series tonight, a preview of the Fall Classic, ready to go at 640. Then during the 7 o'clock hour, we will play pick six as we dish out our favorite plays in the grid iron this weekend. During the 8 o'clock hour, a couple of guests to give you the insight you need before you place your own bets. Scott Braun from Foul Territory TV will talk Diamondbacks and Rangers, while Bobby Stanley Jr. from PicksWise delves into the NFL prop market. Chelsea. You look bright-eyed like you just won a bet last night, ready to go. Good morning. Well, I don't know about that, but I did win a bet (laughs) last night. Uh, More importantly, for the folks at home, how are you feeling? Since we know you're coming off that cracked rib. (laughs) I feel okay. I don't feel great. I missed yesterday just because I needed to talk to the doctor and see him about getting more pain medication. My medication. There's one thing about a cracked rib, which is that you just cannot do anything. You just have to sit and just wait for it. So it's anywhere from 
four to six weeks, four if you're really lucky, but around six weeks for it to heal completely. So I'm in the early stages of that. So I'm fine, but really the only thing they can do is just manage your pain because they can't put a sling on you or isolate it or anything like that or inject it or anything. All you have to do is say, all right, how much of this can I take? Can I lay the right way? Can I sit the right way? Can I breathe the right way? Which is super frustrating. So I'm in the early stages, I'm going to be fine, but it's just not great. All it is, is, is taking pain medication to manage it while also not overdoing it. So I don't come on this show and start speaking a bunch of jibba jabba. So is there a position that you feel the best in? Like, do we need to roll in one of those hospital beds? That, yes. Who yes. was it? Hugh Freeze coached I was going to say that. From? That yeah. needs to be you. Exactly. Remember he was, what, he was at Liberty and he was in the press mm -hmm. box in a hospital bed and watching the game. So what I want to do is I want to have, we'll just get a wide angle shot. I could probably find an old medical supply store here and I just lay back, you know, hand on my rib, give it a pick or something like that. That would be great for our viewers on Twitch. And it would show that come playoff time, I'm a guy you can rely on to get in the game even when I'm hurt. So would that feel better? Like, does it feel better to lay down or is that miserable too? It does feel better to lay down if I'm laying on my back. What's weird though is when if I, and it's getting a little bit better, like I can tell it's getting better, but it's just a very slow, tedious process where if I happen to speak or say a word that has a low tone in it, like that low tone hurts my ribs. So it's just a bizarre it's just a bizarre injury, especially when I don't know how I did this in the first place. I was reading about it online. They're like, yeah, if you really cough hard, sometimes you can do it. So maybe that's what I did. Had a hard cough. Cracked a rim. It's so dumb, but I appreciate you asking. But yes, I, I am okay. What about you? Health-wise, everything okay? Let's just have a little health check-in this morning. Everything okay? Going all right? Going well? Well, I don't have a cracked rib. So like, what am I going <laughs> to say? Like, I don't have anything wrong with me. No. Uh, it's not quite the time of year where like everybody's sick. So like knock yeah. on wood, hopefully that is, you know, not until like February or something, but no, I'm feeling great. I'm glad to hear that. And Chelsea, I have to say tip of the big cap, not because you have a big head, like you talked about with who was it? Bruce Bochy, just tip of the big mm -hmm. cap because you've done such a great job in your bets of winning another one. Yeah, I had Dalton Kincaid over his reception prop over 37 and a half receiving yards. Uh, the handicap here was because Dawson Knox is out. You need another tight end to kind of take up those targets. And usually when Dalton Kincaid gets the targets, he delivers. Last time around, he finished with 75 yards. And last night, he had another big performance. When he gets the targets, he finishes over his receiving prop. Finished with 65 yards and also a touchdown. Early in this game, if you had a Dalton Kincaid touchdown, you were probably breaking the screen because there were two plays mm -hmm. early on in this game where I think he like finished like a yard short of the end zone. And then Josh Allen threw it to him and it was, you know, batted away. But finally he got a touchdown and his reception prop, which what is the play that I was on. So a one and oh night for me. Well, well done. Our buddy Chris Mack on the show yesterday. Always does a fine job. Oh, man, this is a tough one. He had Bucks Buffalo over 43. The Bills win that game 24-18. So a total of 22 points. That was a loss. As for the doctor, he had Gabe Davis over two and a half receptions. 
Davis with a huge nine receptions in that game. That was the winner. Also had Jackets, Canadians under six and a half. The Habs win that game 4-3 in overtime. That was a loss. So for the week, Chelsea, you are six and two leading the way. I'm five and three. The Donks are two and five. And Chris Mack, 0-1-1, not a big deal. It is a daily tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Thanks for waking up with us on a Friday. How about Thursday night football last night in Buffalo with the Bills down the Bucks 24-18. The Bucks getting 10 points. The Bills minus 600 on the money line. Your total set at 43. The under just hits. And this really was the Josh Allen show. The Bills quarterback goes 31 of 40, 324 yards, two touchdowns in the air, rushes for 41 yards and a score on the ground. Big game, Gabe. Gabe Davis, we talked about it. Nine catches. 87 yards and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, 70 yards receiving. And Dalton Kincaid with his first ever touchdown in the NFL. Pressure again. Runs away from it. Throws on the run. Caught! Touchdown! Dalton Kincaid! Now, Michael's with the call on Amazon Prime, and the Bills get a big win on Thursday night despite a late Hail Mary attempt from the Bucks as time expires. And Chelsea, this felt like a game where the plan for the Bills, at least on offense, was, all right, let's just loosen up here, let's speed up the pace, and let Josh Allen win this thing. Right. I think the biggest takeaway was when Josh Allen runs, it puts such another um, you know, game plan on paper that – you know, this is what they should be doing. I know that everybody wants their quarterback to be Tom Brady and they want him to last forever because he's your big investment. But at the end of the day, if your quarterback can run effectively, you got to let him run. And I think that was the takeaway for me. We saw this Bills offense finally get off to a hot start. They scored 17 points in the first half. And this is an area where they had kind of been struggling over the past two weeks. So when you can get off to those hot starts and your quarterback is making the defense de- guess, I think this is why you got to have Josh Allen running out there. I know it makes coaches a little crazy when your quarterback is susceptible to all these hits and he did go down for, you know, just a second in this Mm -hmm. game. Uh, But still, it's such an added dynamic that you got to do this moving forward. Yeah, you really do. And I do think that if you're the Bills, this was a this is a smart thing to do. Now, you never want to put your quarterback in danger. I think that's the only thing with Josh Allen, like any quarterback that runs. Lamar Jackson is a good example, or some of these guys who can take off with their feet. Jalen Hurts is another. He's dealing with a knee injury, a little bit tweak knee on his left knee right now. But ultimately, you have to strike that balance between, all right, if we need to win a game, sometimes the best plan is, Put this guy in a position to win it for us. I guess the flip side to that is there is a possibility that they get more banged up because they're opening themselves up to injury, just being in the open field. But I feel like that's the way it is for the Bills. With If the Bills want to be as effective as they can be or that we've seen in recent years, it's usually Josh Allen doing these types of things. Also, use the pieces that you have and their strengths Mm -hmm. to your strength. We saw it in the first, uh, I think it was the second drive of this game for the Bills. They had fourth and goal from like the one-yard line. And even the announcers were saying, okay, if there's any other team that can do the tush push that the Philadelphia Eagles do, Mm -hmm. it's the Buffalo Bills. You've got a great offensive line. You've got a huge quarterback. Why would you not do it? What do Mm -hmm. they do? They throw the ball, and they don't get a touchdown. They come away with zero points. Even when they had the little interview, uh, they had the in-game interviews on Amazon Prime. Uh, Todd Bowles was like, yeah, I think their quarterback's going to run it into the end zone. 
So everybody's waiting. Why aren't you doing that? this? When they finally did, that's when the mm -hmm. offense opened up. So we'll see if this is the Bills team that we see moving forward because the other thing was this was a Bills team that was so incredibly inconsistent that we just didn't know what to expect from in this game. So maybe they have finally found their offensive stride. The defense was a little better. Uh, maybe this is the Bills team we see moving forward. And, you know, there's still plenty of time left in the season. This team can mm -hmm. definitely be a contender. No question about it. As for the Bucs, Baker Mayfield, 25 of 42, 237 yards, two touchdowns. Bucks have now lost three straight, four of five overall since their 2-0 start. What is your thought on the tush push in general? Because I think we, we could possibly see a situation where it catches on somewhat, like you were talking about. There is also a, a push, no pun intended, for, from some teams or some pundits who say, you know what, this needs to be outlawed. Where do you stand there? Is it against the law? Like, I don't understand no. why people are so bothered by it. If their team has the against the law. to run it, wouldn't they be running it? Like, this is not, like, the actual tush push, I guess, is a new thing. But, like, mm -hmm. we've been seeing quarterback sneaks for a long time. Like, remember when Cam Newton played for the Panthers? Like, if you were on the goal line and oh. it was fourth and goal, you're running Cam Newton up the middle. You know, his famous, like, Superman uh, over the middle against uh, Alabama in college. This is what you do with the personnel that you have. So, I don't know why it's so controversial. But also, I'm not a football analyst, so maybe somebody's going to have to enlighten me. Why are people so mad about this? Just because their team can't do it? Oh, it's because it's unstoppable. Because you can't stop it. And that's that's really it. This play can't be stopped. So we have to... Well, then develop it on your own. Jalen Hurts is incredibly strong. And Matt just said this in the chat. And I've heard this a couple times. Which is Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback in the National Football League who can squat 600 pounds. And he really can't. Other quarterbacks have tried it. So think about a guy who gets that much push from his legs who is that strong in his lower body and then he's got guys behind him that's just a force that cannot be stopped so it's an automatic first down or pretty close as automatic to a first down as you're going to get in the nfl it's just because no one can replicate it what i find interesting though is i, I think it should stay because you're not there is a difference between exploiting the rules and playing within the rules and doing something that is effective and i got caught up on this Twitter thread a couple days ago, and it was talking about plays over the past, I don't know, three or four decades that have been banned. And you want to see an egregious play. Like, this is before your time, but do you remember Deacon Jones? Probably not. Famous Rams defensive lineman, Hall of, and he used to slap people on the head when he was going after the quarterback, the Deacon Jones head slap, which of course now you'd be like, oh my God. And he, he was so strong and his hands were so big, he would slap opposing offensive linemen in the head, kind of knock him off balance and go straight to the quarterback. And then there was a Chiefs guy. There was a guy back in the day who was six foot ten. And this is when the goalposts were in the front of the end zone. And so they would take this six foot ten guy and they would put him right in front of the goalposts. So if there was a football that was coming down from a field goal right there in front, he would jump up and swat it away. And then there was the one a few years ago. Yeah, it was crazy. So, and then the, finally, there was the one where, and this was more recent, where at the end of the game, there was like 14, 15 seconds left. I don't know, the Ravens, which team did it, where the game's about to be over. Just hold everybody. Everybody holds. 
it doesn't matter. The time runs off the clock, and then it doesn't matter because the game's over, so you essentially win the game by preventing anyone from doing anything. So there's been a few plays like that over time. This, however, in my view, doesn't qualify as one of those. Yeah, is there something on the line for player safety here? No. So unless no. the, that's a factor, then no. Like The answer is you need to be better and stop this team. What if there was a player so good that people were like, He's a cheat code. He gets a first down every yeah. time. This ought to be illegal. Like, are you going to point at somebody like Debo Samuel and be like, he should be illegal. He is too mm -hmm. dangerous. Or look at Patrick Mahomes and say, this quarterback's too good. We've got to get him out of the league. Nobody yeah. would say that. So doesn't that feel like the same argument here? People are just mad because it's so effective. Like, I just, I don't I understand it at all. No, I, I totally agree. They're just angry that they can't stop it. And that would be like saying, this Tyreek Hill guy, it's time for him to wear some ankle weights. He is way too fast for the game. It's not fair. Nobody has a guy this fast, so it's time to slow him down. If they're playing with other rules and can't stop it, that is football. Right. And speaking of narratives, I wanted to ask you this, because I've seen a lot mm -hmm. of um, riffraff on like social media oh. about the Bills. How maybe... There are people who are super hot on the Bills and people who are super cold. And people saying mm -hmm. like, oh, Josh Allen needs to be out. Because he's had some bad games and he's had some mm -hmm. bad turnovers. But this game feels like a good one. Like he was unstoppable yes. in that first quarter. So what do you think the narrative is, narrative is moving forward? I think it will change back into, oh, yeah, Josh Allen is a very good quarterback. One of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. I will say this from a value perspective, if you're talking about if you're buying the Bills or not. We've talked about Bills mm -hmm. Super Bowl odds for a few years on this show. Right now, the Bills are 11 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. So it feels like to me, if you like the Bills and if you think they can win the Super Bowl, it would be hard to pass them up at 11 to 1 because they've never been that cheap comparatively over the past couple years coming up next it is a football friday we're gonna go down the level and pick a winner between utah and oregon it is a daily tip from mql presented by bet mgm chelsea and jenks will be right back on the daily tip presented by bet mgm <laughs> on the BetQL network welcome back to the daily tip presented by bet mgm <laughs> with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. You know what to do, Double D. It is a Friday on the Daily Tip from BQL, presented by BetMGM. Hope you're having a fantastic morning. Thanks for waking up with us live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the East. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, our picks and leans for the best games in the schedule this weekend in both the college and the pros. Chelsea, I don't know why this popped up on my Twitter feed. I guess it's getting some run, but Britney Spears has a new book coming out, or that is out, a biography that is read by, if you want the audio version, Michelle Williams. And this clip made me made me cackle because I don't know why. I, I guess there's something to it, but it seems like it's supposed to be deep, but it's not really deep. And this is from the book The Woman in Me by Britney Spears. And she talks about meeting Mariah Carey for one of the very first times. And I thought, oh, well, 
this had to have had some sort of really lasting impact on Britney as an artist to meet a legend like Mariah. And Britney says, quote, at an award show, I knocked on her dressing room door. She opened it and out poured the most beautiful otherworldly light. You know how people have ring lights? More than 20 years ago, only Mariah Carey knew about ring lights. Wow, really, really deep stuff there. So I cannot wait to purchase that and do a deep dive on Mariah. What a trendsetter. Who knew about ring lights? I thought it was going to be this otherworldly glow because of who she was, her personality. There was something emanating from her or around her. Nah, Mariah, good on you for discovering a ring light. Nailed it. Doesn't this seem right in line with Mariah Carey, though? Like, if anybody yes. were to be the first person to have a ring light, wouldn't it be the yes. most diva of all divas? Because of I course. think this is a moniker that she holds proudly. Like, if she reads this, she's probably like, yeah, I sure did. I sure did. Like, I think she'd be proud of this. Like, I think that it, there's yeah. a compliment hidden in there somewhere. Because when you compliment somebody, don't you want to compliment them on something that like they appreciate about themselves. Yes. So I think Mariah would actually appreciate this. I actually think she would. I would think that Mariah, and I, I think you nailed it. This seems exactly like something she would do. Like she's always had a ring light around her. I just find it funny that Britney's takeaway was, oh my God, legend with the ring light. But also maybe that's exactly who Mariah is. And I gotta say, I should probably stop talking about Mariah now because in about a month or so, all I want for Christmas is you is going to be start. Uh, it's going to start playing on heavy rotation at radio stations across the country. And then I will want that song out of my head for a full three or four months. So it's coming. It's here. It's approaching fast, Chelsea. This makes me want to read up on all of the diva tendencies that Mariah Carey has shown. Because <laughs> hasn't she been like notorious for some of her uh, requests for her green room? Like, I yes. want to say she was one of the OGs of being like a real problem of somebody who like, maybe this isn't her, but I think there's a story about like, there's somebody who said that they only wanted the green M&Ms. Like, if you put the other yeah, colors in there, that? get the hell out. Was that Mariah Carey? I feel like it was Metallica or some rock group or someone's going to have to look this up. Was it Mariah? It wouldn't surprise me, but I feel like it was some sort of rock group that had that had that wish list or had that request it was van halen yeah. that's who it was which is stunning to me i feel like they were doing that as as a joke like did they really just want green m&ms i feel like they were doing that out of principle like huh, watch this just green m&ms i'm looking at mariah carey's writer right now and it seems like pretty tame you know like apple juice yeah. cranberry juice uh, she does need roses, two vases, white roses. Not sure why she needs that. A wine opener, a box of nice. English breakfast tea. Like how many beverages does she need? Cause I think that's the mm. main thing. It's like, I get it. You're a singer. You need to do something for your voice, but there's like five different types of, uh, liquids on here. Like how much yeah. time does she have in the green room? I don't know. I guess she's got to make sure that her insides are, are or healthy and clear with the cranberry juice. And then she she drinks some tea to make sure that her voice box and that her vocal cords are ready to go. And then when she's done after performance, 
she can tone down the ring light just a little bit and have a glass of wine and relax. I feel like that's the Mariah Carey spread, and that's kind of her schedule before she goes on stage. Yeah, this doesn't seem as crazy as I thought. So, like, maybe it's not her, and maybe I'm giving her a different reputation. But, like, she's done diva things, right? Like, yes. am I pulling this out of thin air? Like, I'm pretty sure she's a diva. Oh, and she no likes question that, about it. About no question. That absolutely, a thousand percent. Chelsea, so let's get into guys that aren't divas, just men playing some football this weekend. How about that? And look at a couple of the top games in the NFL and a couple of top games in college football. So let's start with the pros. The Bengals at the 49ers. Niners are laying four. Niners minus 210 on the money line. Bengals plus 170. Total set at 43 and a half. The spread has gone up a half point. Little tick from 49ers minus three and a half. What is the play here on your end? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I'll be on this play. Uh, I do like the Bengals plus four. Obviously, if you can get that plus four, uh, if not, you will take the three and a half because still it is over the key number of three for a 49ers team that's been kind of trending in the wrong direction, especially when it comes to health wise. We're not exactly sure what's going on with Brock Purdy. It feels like he's a little banged up, uh, maybe does not play in this one, which that's the, the red flag for me in this one. If there are questions about the quarterback and this line goes up, do you think this is a red flag that I should be cautious about? I, it's weird because there is a possibility that if he, I don't think he's going to play. I think it's going to be Sam Darnold. And yet the money is moving in San Francisco's direction. So I, I don't know what to think. Sidewise, Double D saying that Purdy is now out for this game. So I think I've read that he was trending towards being out. I guess now he is out for good. So you're getting a Sam Darnold at quarterback. I would go to the under here is what I would play. Just because it's 43 and a half. It's not the highest number. But ultimately, you get the very strong possibility of Sam Darnold in the offense. Debo Samuel is already out. And I think that I think there is a possibility that not even a possibility that Niners defense is going to step up and always plays well. It'll bounce back spot for them after that loss to the Vikings. But even then, that was more about San Francisco turning the football over on offense than it was about the lack of D from San Francisco. But I would go under. Matt is now saying we're having a chat battle. Brock Purdy has practiced but hasn't cleared concussion protocol. So for now, it looks like he's out. I don't know if that's official or not. Regardless, I think it's weird that money is moving in San Francisco's direction. Yeah, the injury report, like the official one, says unspecified. Uh, yeah. He did not practice, uh, or it says LP. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, but clearly there's something going on with Brock Purdy, but I don't know if he's officially out. But I would be real surprised if we do see Brock Purdy in this one. I think the bottom line for me is maybe we're sleeping on the Bengals a little bit because Joe Burrow has been fantastic against the top teams in the NFL. Over his career, he has some really good numbers against the spread. Uh, if you're looking at him against teams above 500, 18-8 against the spread, when we are talking about these top-notch teams. So I think this is a Bengals team that still has an extremely high potential. Like, look at what we saw from the Bills last night. 
there was a good mm-hmm. team in there. It's just we hadn't really seen it just yet. So maybe people are sleeping on the Bengals just a little bit. Plus, it's a team that usually uh, does its best on the road. Look at all of their big wins that they have done uh, as underdogs and on the road. They have gone on the road to win at Arrowhead Stadium. They've done it to go on the road uh, against my Titans. That year, the Titans mm-hmm. were the number one overall seed in the AFC. So I think I will take uh, the points here, especially if you do think it's going to be a tight scoring game. Low scoring game, you take the underdog. How about Jags and Steelers? In Pittsburgh, Jags laying two and a half points. Jags minus 145. Steelers plus 120. Total set at 41. Or actually, this is Jags. It's still Jags two and a half. Up from Jags minus two. I think I'm going to grab the Steelers here, Chelsea. I don't know if I will play this officially, but anytime I feel like you can get Mike Tomlin and his team at home as a dog, then you're going to see a close, ugly game. And that's what the Steelers do. That's what their division is all about. I know this is not a divisional game, but in their division, whether it's Ravens, whether it's Browns, Bengals, whatever, they always play these close, grinded-out games, especially when it's in Pittsburgh. So I would expect another one of those types of games, type of games. And I feel like you can maybe make the Jags a bit one-dimensional because sometimes they have trouble running the football. So I, I think I would go Steelers here at home. I think if it was three, I'd go with the Steelers, but two and a half, I, I think I'm going to stay away from that. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with a rushing prop for Trevor Lawrence. We have seen him be really shifty with his feet. Over 18 and a half rush yards, I think, is the play for me. He's hit this in three of his last four, and the attempts have been there. He's attempted uh, at least seven rushes in three of the last four games. He's coming off a season high 59 rushing yards against New Orleans, another team that's pretty good up front. And I think that's the case against the Steelers. When you have somebody like yeah. TJY who can put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, that's when we see these quarterbacks take off and run. So I think that's the play for me. I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence over his rushing prop of 18 and a half yards. All right, college time now. I know you have a play on this one, and it's probably the game of the week and not a ton of top 25 matchups in the college game. Number eight, Oregon at number 13, Utah. The Ducks laying six and a half points. Ducks minus 250 on the money line. Utes plus 200, total set at 47 and a hook at that MGM. Chelsea, you are going with, I believe, the Utes. Yeah, this comes down to the number that they're giving us. And uh, the fact that Utah has one of the best home field advantages in all of football. This is an extremely difficult to play uh, pl- place to play. We know that Utah's defense always comes to play. They can make uh, even the best quarterbacks look human. Maybe they can do that to Bo Nix here. Uh, so I'll take the six and a half at home. This is simply a numbers play. It was seven. So also we're following the money here. Uh, we have seen money yeah. come in on Utah. I think that is the play. But again, My college picks have not been great, so we'll see. Well, I actually like that pick quite a bit, and I was was sort of torn early in the week. I leaned Ducks because the number didn't make a lot of sense to me. When the number doesn't make much sense, I immediately start thinking, okay, that's probably the right side. They're trying to fool you here. But I do think that you're to the right call as well. And to me, this is going to be about how Utah tries to control the game. They've got Bryson Barnes, a quarterback, is a third stringer. But I do think we see a lot of short underneath passes to sort of keep him safe. And also, Sione Vaki at running back, he's a converted cornerback. And he has been 
fantastic this season in the backfield. So I think they use those two guys and that game plan to keep the chains moving. And then obviously that Utah defense is about as stout as it gets, especially at home. So I'm with you. I'm on the Utes, especially if you can find that number at seven. Finally, number six, Oklahoma at this. The Sooners laying nine and a half points. Sooners minus 375 on the money line. Jayhawks plus 290 the money line. Total at a very high 65 and a half. What a ridiculous total. Chelsea, what is the call here? Normally, I don't love laying big numbers, but I think in college, it's a bit of a different story, especially when you have an Oklahoma offense like this who can really put up some big numbers. I think it's a stay away game for me, but if I had to play something here, it would be Oklahoma because not only is Oklahoma good this year, they've been outstanding at covering numbers. We've seen it so far this season. So Dillian Gabriel has brought a, a different element to that offense. I think I would lay the points here, even though it's not going to be one of my plays. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Sooners, even though I can't stand Oklahoma. But Jalen Daniels not playing for the Sooners. Once again, it's going to be Jason Bean. And I feel like now with Daniels. For Kansas. Or for Kansas, yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like this is just speculation on my part, but it feels like Daniels is just, I know he's been a little banged up, but it also feels like he's saving himself up so he can go elsewhere for one more season and transfer out of KU. I've kind of heard that scuttlebutt a little bit makes sense to me because he's injured, but he's not really injured. Regardless, you get being a quarterback for Kansas, and while he's a solid quarterback, he brings a lot to the table, he can make an explosive play and then suddenly turn the ball over very quickly. So I have to give Brent Venables Full credit. He has pulled this team together in a way I did not think was possible, at least so quickly after last season. And Kansas, by the way, is the worst. And I mean the worst red zone team in the entire country. I think that is the difference here. So I'm going to lay the nine and a half with Oklahoma, even though you know it pains me, Chelsea. Right. And I think especially when you're coming off a a game where they barely squeaked out that winner over UCF, I think this is the better spot to play them. Uh, Because like I said, they still have been really great against the number seven and one ATS uh, so far this season. And coming off that close call, I like it even better. Yeah, I do too. I actually like this play quite a bit, especially because it's below the number of 10, but I don't want to bet on the Sooners. Gross. All right. Yeah, I think they're going back to the Big 12 championship game. I think they cover this number. They've been covering machines all season long. Sometimes the right play is the right play, whether you like it or not. Coming up in five minutes here on the show. Oh, it's finally here. Game one of the Fall Classic between the Diamondbacks and the Rangers in Arlington. And we're going to tell you how we plan on betting. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. This is the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Time to wake up, grab that coffee. It is a Friday. Come on back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Yeah, man. It's Friday, guys. Good morning. 
good to you. We are live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. But Michael Jenkins live in D.C. She is Chelsea Messenger live in Nashville. Coming up in just a couple minutes, how we plan on attacking Game 1 of the World Series tonight in Arlington. Chelsea, answer a question for me. Is this a real thing or am I a, not a victim, but is someone just trying to target my my affinity for picking out something or making a good choice. So the other night I was on my way home. This is, I don't know when this was Tuesday, maybe. And anyway, so on the way home, I thought, you know what? I'll stop by and I'll get a nice bottle of Rose for the lovely Catherine whom I hadn't seen. And I thought she would appreciate that. So I pop in the local store and I'm looking around. I was like, eh, I don't want to spend a lot, but also I want to get something a little nicer than normal. So, I don't know anything about wine. I'm, I'm such an idiot. But I picked something out, and I was like, okay, this seems like a good choice. And I go up to the counter, and the guy goes, oh, that's a sexy rosé. Very sexy. And I was like, oh, oh, I guess I did a great job picking this out. But then I thought, well, what makes a wine sexy? Like, maybe he's just saying that because it's a little more expensive. I mean, it wasn't, like, crazy expensive. We're talking, like, $25, $30. It's not like it went crazy here. But I thought, is he just saying that to encourage me to purchase something a little more expensive instead of the cheap $12 rosé that was next to it? Or can wine be sexy? I couldn't figure it out. I was like, am I, is he trying to market to me or is this actually a good choice? I don't know. I think this is the type of thing that when you go to a restaurant and the waiter's like, oh yeah, awesome choice. That's a great yes. choice for, from our menu. They're just saying it to kind of gas you up. It feels that's like that's it. the case here. It's like when waiters call you boss or, well, they never <laughs> call me boss. It's always my husband. But these type of things to try to get them on your level. And I don't yeah. know if there was a tip screen because now everywhere you go, even if somebody just tells you how much money you owe, there is a tip screen. And it's like 15, yeah. 20, 25%. It's like this person didn't even look me in the face. I'm supposed <laughs> to tip them. Like it feels like it's getting out of hand. Tipping is getting out of hand. And I say this as someone who is, I believe, in taking care of service staff. And I know a lot of people in the service industry here in D.C. And I have also seen how they are treated oftentimes, which is terrible. People order all these drinks and they're rude about it. And then when it comes to tipping time, they give a couple bucks. I'm like, that sucks. You you cannot give a few more dollars when this person has busted their butt and it's super busy and you've been kind of rude. So I am a big advocate for that. At the same time, because both things can be true, sometimes I walk in somewhere, I just get a basic coffee, and it's just like, all right, shh, there's your coffee. And then the screen comes up and it's like, you want to tip 25%? I'm like, well, I want to help you out, but also you're just – you just poured me some coffee. You weren't exactly waiting on me or this is not a bar. This is just a place. Do you know what I mean? Like at, at some point you're just trying to purchase an item without putting extra money on top of it because there's not real service involved. And also this is not the basis of their salary. Like waiters right. are paid what? $2 and 14 an hour. They have to get the tips if they want to make a sustainable living. People who are not waiters, I believe they make salary, right? Or at least an hourly pay yeah. that's not $2.14. So that's the other thing. Like the waiters need their tips to survive. 
these people yes. who are working behind the counter, like I get it. I think if they do a great job and you know, there's some extra thing that they did for you, absolutely tip. But when sure. I am going through the drive-through at Starbucks and they literally don't even like <laughs> move right. from their station, like I'm not tipping at the drive-through. Yes, I, and also I feel like there should be like a little give and take. Like I gave a huge tip the other night, I don't know, maybe a week ago, then the past week, but also they gave me like a big discount on drinks. I was like, you definitely didn't charge me full price here. So as a result, instead of saying, and, and so it was a good balance, mm -hmm. right? I saved a little money and also I'm going to make sure I help you out because I recognize you're helping me out. And it was, that was to me sort of the perfect situation. And I don't expect discounts or anything like that everywhere I go. I just acknowledged, hey, it's pretty clear that you're trying to, you know, throw me a bone here. So I'm going to give you one back. Yeah, here's an example of when I tip, when they don't really put in, you know, when they're behind the counter. When I yeah. go to Smoothie King, I order a medium smoothie and I get it divided into two cups because I have one little cup for my three-year-old and I have one for me. So I order the medium and we have the same thing. But since they have to do an extra step and they certainly don't have to, that's when I tip them. I'm like, okay, here's yeah. an extra couple bucks because you are doing something extra that normally you wouldn't do. Yes, I agree with that completely. And also, I'm not going to fall for the old sexy wine trick. I just like your cheeseburger. Oh, sexy choice, sir. Sexy choice. Everyone <laughs> loves our cheeseburger. The cheese, it just melts off the... Oh, it's a fantastic choice. Let's see if we can make the right choice tonight. Game one of the World Series. Chelsea, you have to be jacked about this. I'm jacked about it. And I know you are because you're a baseball gal. D-backs at the Rangers. Rangers minus 165 on the money line. D-backs are plus 140. Total set at eight. That total has come down from eight. Look, Zach Gallon going for the Snakes. Nathan Avaldi going for Texas. So based on your initial research here, what's the right call? Well, I don't think I'm taking a side here because I think if I have learned one thing is that we need to stop underestimating the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yes. In betting, you learn a lesson. If a team keeps proving you wrong, maybe you don't bet against them. And I think a lot of people had to learn the hard way, uh, cough, cough, mad dog Russo, that just oh. because the team is the favorite on paper does not mean that's always how it plays out. So I think there are other ways to play this game. I think my best bet in this game is going to be Nathan Avaldi over his outs prop of 15 and a half. I don't love that it's over five innings because usually you want like a, a clean one, like over 14 and a half or something. But he's hit this in every single postseason start. Uh, he's been incredible because you need a guy mm -hmm. to be efficient and you need him to not give up a ton of runs so he's not pulled early in this game. But Al's props are completely situational when it comes to the postseason. This is game one. The Rangers' strength is their starting pitching. Nathan Avaldi and Jordan Montgomery, it's not their bullpen. Plus, uh, they chose to go with Evaldi here because he has a little bit of extra rest. Normally, it would be Jordan Montgomery, but he pitched in that final game of the, the LCS against the Astros. So we heard uh, Bruce Bochy say this. Uh, Nathan Evaldi has plenty mm -hmm. of rest. We chose him for that reason. So I think he stays in this game a little bit longer. Somebody with a postseason ERA under three, been fantastic throughout the postseason. I'll go with Nathan Evaldi over his outs prop of 15 and a half. Oh, okay. I Here's the thing. I know I always choose first five plays, but I really like this first five play for the Rangers. The first five run line, minus 115. So hear me out here. I did even more research than I normally do. 
we know about Nathan Avaldi, how good he's been. So 4-0, 2.42 ERA at home. Three of those games in the postseason have been on the road. The one time he got to pitch in Arlington, he was even better. One run over seven innings against the Orioles struck out seven. In every single one of those games, the Rangers had the lead after the first five. Every single one. Now you look at Zach Gallant. Now, hasn't been great in his last two appearances. Both of those against the Phillies, given up nine earned runs in the last 11 innings pitched. And if you look at his pitching performance overall this year, you will see he was much more effective on the home. And I'm not on the home field. I'm not talking about like a slight difference. I'm talking about the fact that his ERA on the road is more than two full runs higher or very close to it. Finally, if you're talking about a first five bet, the number one team in baseball this season in the first five at home was the Texas Rangers, averaging 3.76 runs per game just ahead of the Atlanta Braves. And also, if you're thinking about a full game bet, the one thing that makes me a little worried about the Rangers is they can be had because their bullpen is not as strong as Arizona's. So I really do like the Rangers' first five run line, just a half run, and it's minus 115. I think I'd agree with you there, even though I think you do have to be careful about putting regular season numbers in your handicap because we've seen it from the Diamondbacks. Like they weren't a great regular season team, but yet they found ways to stay around in some of these games. And you know the trouble with first five or online is that if this game is tied after five innings, you lose your bet. Uh, But you're right. This offense for the Rangers, I think, is the X factor because – You're right. They've been a team that has been super potent early on, even Mm -hmm. against some of the best pitchers. Like they had to go against a really good pitching staff in the Houston Astros. So I'm with you, but I I feel like those first five run line bets do make me a little nervous. But if there's ever a spot for it, it's going to be these first two games. When you have Nathan Evaldi and Jordan Montgomery, those are their two aces. When it gets to Max Scherzer, that's when things get a little hairy and maybe you start looking at the other side. Do you have a feeling about the total? I know it's come down from eight and a half, and I I kind of like the others. I kind of like over eight, to be honest with you. And I know Evaldi is, has been great. I mentioned how Zach Gallon has struggled a little bit, but I do feel like, and I mentioned this as to why I like the first five, this feels like to me one of those games where it could hit the over late, even if the Rangers are leading, which I think will happen, because of their bullpen. They are in danger of giving up runs late because the D-backs are so much stronger with Paul Sewell. Great pickup, by the way, this season. So I kind of like the over here. I don't know if I'm going to play it, but that would be my lean if we're talking about a total. I think you could probably make a case for an over in any Rangers game in the postseason because we saw yeah. overs galore in that series against the Astros. But I would say if you're going to play overs, maybe wait till the second game of the series or at least, you know, or maybe mm-hmm. the third game. Because in the first game, you'll have the best recipe for an under all series long because you have an ace going and also you have your best relievers coming out of the pen and there's a short layoff where sometimes we've seen this. Hitters can kind of go a little bit cold when they don't have that momentum coming into the game. So I think I'd be with you, but it would make me a little nervous. Like I think overs may be the play in a series, but maybe wait till the second or third game. I think that is sage advice, so I'm not going to bet it. I think you're right about that. I'm going to stick with my first five run line. See how that plays out. Coming up next year on the show, nothing like throwing down our favorite wagers of the weekend on this football Friday. NFL Pick 6 is coming your way next. 
You're listening to the Daily Tip from MacQL, presented by BetMGM. She's Jasa. I'm Jinx. Hour two coming your way after the break. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.